Today's episode is brought to you by Cameo. If your organization is looking to adopt Chromebooks, but you need to give your people seamless access to all their apps, including Windows apps, Cameo is the simplest and most secure and most cost-effective way to deliver all the apps your people need to be productive on Chrome OS. Cameo is a Chrome Enterprise recommended virtualization solution and is deeply integrated with Chrome OS and the Google Admin Console, making it easy for you to push any app as a PWA to your Chromebooks. And now you can take advantage of a special Chrome OS and Cameo bundle that makes it easier than ever to test. If you're interested, you can head over to cameo.com forward slash unbox. That's C-A-M-E-Y-O dot com slash unbox or click the link down in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast the official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. My name is Joe Humphrey, and I am joined today by Gabriel Brangers. Hello. And Robbie Payne. What's up, guys? And collectively, we are Chrome Unboxed, and we're going to start out this week with uh, probably the biggest news in our world. We've we've been we've been buzzing about this. We're excited. The hype is real, you know. The hype is starting in 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 July this year. So we're talking Google Hardware event. Robbie's Chromebook has died. He's given up on it. He's he's just setting it Shucking off on the it. side. <laughs> I was messing with the Samsung Chromebook Skylake guy for the win. Yeah, for all those people that are like, man, why does my Chromebook Pro not run Linux apps? Because Skylake, first gen Skylake Pro. Look at this. It, Buy a new Chromebook. It's yeah. completely. It was completely. It sucks. Borked. Like because I, I wanted to love that Chromebook when I get it out every once in a while, thinking like I'm gonna use this for a minute. And yeah. I, just, I want to throw it out the window right now. Yeah. It's, nah. it's crashed twice now. Wait a minute. I would. I used that last. Is it in Canary? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's locked up. I can't tell. Yeah, he's going to have to somehow get it to reboot. You know yeah. you can't let me have things. Yeah, this is what happens. <laughs> this is what happens when you let Gabe use your Chromebook. It, 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 it was like missing for a month, and we we're like, don't know where it is. And I checked my backpack, and there it was. Yeah, Sorry. and it's it's probably in, can in Canary. So No, maybe. All right, we'll see. Um, Anywho, we're talking, we're talking Google Hardware Event. Let's get back on subject here. Google <laughs> Hardware Event, this is this is uh, some of the biggest news that, that, that we're uh, excited about. So... Um, Perhaps a Google hardware event coming a month early in September. Yeah, so that's my somewhat wild claim. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what was that? that? Was my oh, your phone. Okay. Hey, maybe um, she found a Chrome Unboxed article. Yeah, ask, ask Google if they just, when's your event going to be? Yeah. Um, yeah, I made somewhat of a wild claim. Uh, 
but I think substantiated. And so uh, I would love to chat through this because I, I kind of wrote this up last night and was super excited about uh, getting this thing published and haven't really gotten to chat uh, too much about it. And so in general, there's a, there are a few things, uh, some stuff we've talked about here prior uh, on, on this podcast specifically, and some new things that came to light. So we'll chat through them really quickly. Kyle Bradshaw over at 9to5Google uh, just yesterday uncovered, he didn't say how he uncovered it. I don't know if he was just like rummaging around in the FCC filings or something. I don't like know. Like you do as a tech blogger. Yeah, I've tried. <laughs> I, I struggle uh, in, in the FCC space, but uh, uncovered uh, uh, an FCC filing with the, the model number that looks basically like another version of uh, like the Pixel 3a or 3a yeah, XL. Phone. When you look at, yeah, you look at the number. It's one digit off the 3a, I yeah. think. It's weird. Um, but in general, like when you look at those FCC filings, Google kind of follows a similar pattern uh, with its products. Uh, the Pixel Book and Pixel Slate kind of have similar looks to them. Right. And uh, so this is departing from that. But the, the tell here is that as you look through it, all they're requesting is a change in Wi-Fi and Bluetooth module. So because of that, it's pretty clear this isn't a phone because they can't just do that. It's the FCC. It's, you know, they have to pass everything that has a radio in it they got to pass through the fcc so um that would mean it wouldn't have an lte radio or anything so we know a phone's not going to ship without lte and all that kind of stuff so all they're all they were doing in this in this uh fcc filing was changing uh the wi-fi module basically and that's exactly what they did when they went from uh, pixel book to pixel slate so the fcc filing for the pixel slate was literally here's the pixel book we just want to change this and and so um it looks very similar to the way that they did that. So seems pretty fair to say Google could just be changing the way it does its nomenclature. Right. And they just want to say, Hey, our products are going to be this particular, you know, set of letters and numbers and that's how we're going to do it. But it, it's clear that it's a Google thing. Right. The yeah. They're, filing. they're, they're clearly rebranding it for something because it's an Intel module that has its own model number, but then they, they assign the actual, namesake like in this case google they assigned their model number to this wi-fi module so right it, and it's, it, the, it's weird the uh additionally like if you go and read the article the the filing is actually being done by quanta so in case you come across this and you're like wait a second quanta's in there that's not google that google uses quanta to build their right. Chromebooks. And, uh, so i think we've got an article about the the first pixel book, but yeah. it's, you know, these are, these are ODMs that make devices for companies that don't have their own manufacturing arm. Uh, some companies do, Most some companies them. don't. Lenovo, <laughs> for example, uses three or four different ODMs, mm -hmm. but Google has used Quanta for the pixel book. And I presume the slate, yeah, I'm the not slate sure. Was a, the yeah. slate was a Quanta file. So they're just uh, an ODM. They make devices and then they slap that they make them per the namesakes, specifications Spec, yeah. so, and then they so google would design it blueprints yeah. here's exactly what we want you to do and then quanta actually goes and fulfills that right. build. builds it yeah. anyway so all that fcc part says okay google clearly just passed a new device through the fcc so put a pin in that for a second mm -hmm. and then we'll move to, to what uh it was june uh back when the so a little over a month six weeks ago when google itself leaked the pixel 4 um phone yeah. yeah, so the Pixel 4 phone. Um, and we all just kind of shook our heads a little bit like, wow, Google's getting ahead of the you know the game with uh, 
you know, instead of sitting around waiting for it to leak more, they're just like, here it is. You know, forget it. It's going to leak. We don't care. Right. But, Which I just think is awesome. Yes. And it was, a, I, <laughs> I, I think it was a stroke of genius. It was a great move. Uh, but what's interesting about that move is the fact that Google actually, in doing so, did it really early. So we didn't really start seeing early. all the, like the Pixel 3 leaked, every inch of it leaked all over the place. And, and so it's, it was really odd to see that happen in June. And it, it raised some questions. We actually wrote an article back then about it. Like, could this mean, could Google be uh, kind of, if they're to the point where they're ready to leak photos themselves of something, could we see a hardware event a little earlier? Right. And, and that went around. Most tech blogs wrote something to that effect. And then it came out right after that uh, Verizon, which up until this year was the exclusive carrier for Pixel phones, exclusive partner right. you could buy them and use them wherever but anyways it's the only place you could buy a pixel phone the one of their and robbie can probably tell me what these are called their their schedules for releasing phones whatever that i don't know uh it leaked out and they had october 4th so then all of a sudden everybody's like oh okay well it's it's just google's just being google and it's not really been pushed back or pushed up but then we got to thinking Google's always done the beginning of October, so Verizon very well, very well may have just had that on their schedule right. as a placeholder. Exactly. And Google's saying, no, we're going to move it up because uh, if if we're correct, there's another event happening in the beginning of September, right? Right. So think about this. Um, I worked uh, for Sprint years ago, and iPhone launches were usually pretty set in stone, but pretty much any other launch of a phone the, those dates that were in our planning guides and stuff were always flexible. It was it was sometime around this date we're gonna we need to do training for this device. It's gonna be coming out at some point. More of a placeholder. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, hey, remember, you know, we're gonna be doing this. And for Verizon, they've looked at it and they've done October. I mean, they could have put that date in two years ago when they first signed this exclusivity deal. They could have said, Hey, um, next two October just go ahead and put a put a date in there for you know to make sure that we're training up our employees so I don't I don't know that that's like a smoking gun to say oh here's when the date's going to be and I could be wrong but it doesn't make any sense for Google a to have the phone ready enough to show leaks and go ahead and leak it themselves this early I mean that, we're talking that, that June means, that means design is right it's, it's done I mean, it's in people's yeah. hands they're testing so i mean you're talking if it was leaked early june that's july august september that'd be four months ahead of time i mean that is a massive massive leak there there was just no real reason for them to do it and outside of their own leak there have been renders that have leaked but we're not seeing yet the the whole like we saw pixel threes in the wild remember somebody got it and reviewed the damn thing like, <laughs> there was like that russian video yeah, like I mean, youtube it was, it video was it was like a full unboxing control <laughs> Uh, and so, but that all happened about a month before the event, right. something like that, uh, maybe five weeks. And so that's another piece of this that I'm just going, oh, that, that really feels like they're pulling the date back a little bit. Okay. So put a pin in that one. And then when we start looking at, um, the FCC filing, the pixel four, and what was the other, uh, thing that was in that article? My Chromebook died again. Um, you nest, might. nest. Yes, yes, nest. that's right. So the the Nest Home Hub, or shoot, no, Nest, nest Hub ah, Max. Nest Hub Max. I put it in Words. my article as the Home Hub too. I put it in mine like four times as the Google Nest Home Hub. It's Nest. It's none hub of those things. Max. Yeah, it's, it's no longer part of your home. It's in your home, but it's not. <laughs> no, it's your in your home. nest because we're all nest. we're all birds. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Wait a minute. <laughs> so okay, weird. That, that makes sense. Anyway. No, no, no. That makes sense. So, uh, yeah, as another part of like some hardware stuff that came out, the Nest Hub Max showed up on Google site. Availability date, September 9th. Just plopped on there. Hey, you can expect availability September 9th. And so um, it was written about. So I think Droid Life got a screenshot of that. And then it quickly got pulled. You know, and they, they took it out. Like, oh, no, it's coming soon. So that got me thinking, like, for a device like this, like, yeah, people are excited about the Nest Home Max, but are they really, like, super pumped about it? Is there going to be a whole event for this? No. This is just another product. They go, hey, it's it's available now. It's on the website, and you can go get it at Lowe's or whatever, you know, and then it just comes out. So, yeah, somebody probably pulled the trigger and put that date on there a little too early because it's now been confirmed that that is the date. Uh, they, they came out to CNET. CNET, yeah. And said, they, yeah, we're confirming. Yeah. And so it's confirmed. It, that is that is right. I'm assuming it's back on the website now, probably since they've confirmed it to the press. But their reaction to it was what got me. Uh, you know, they put it out there and then they immediately pulled it down. Like, oh, no one could have seen that. Like, who cares? If it was just for, if, if September 9th was just a date for the home hub max i mean you you look at it and go eh, oh well you know if some people saw it we're going to confirm it anyway What's right. a big deal who yeah. cares like it's or it's september 20th like oh, okay when it comes out it's, like it's people, an ambiguous yeah day, people yeah. will just be like yeah cool yeah it's here mm-hmm. so why pull it so when you take that you take the pixel phone early leak you take the fcc with whatever this pixel book atlas thing is going to be you put them all together and kind of makes sense that Google would do September because as Gabe mentioned just a minute ago there is an event that happens in mid-September every single year and that's the iPhone launch and the Pixel 4 and the iPhone share a particular trait that looks exactly the same that's that big ugly square, square. camera bump on the back that most people don't like we're not going to talk about that or get into all that but they clearly share that. If the Pixel 4 launches a day after the iPhone, I don't care what leaks came out. I don't care what you say. I don't care what anyone says, what any press entity says. Pixel 4 copied iPhone. Pixel exactly. 4 is an iPhone clone. That's what's going to happen. So take all of this into consideration and think, huh, if Google moved their event to September 9th, which they're well within their means to do, right. they don't send out invites until like two or three weeks before. They're not beholden to anyone or anything to do this event. We just assume it's happening. We actually don't know for sure that a Google hardware event's even happening. Like, I mean, we do know, but we don't actually know for sure. And so they could move it to September 9th with zero friction. Like there's, it's, there's nothing holding them back from doing so. So if they were to do that, think about all the things that fixes in all these kind of weird circumstantial things. It gets them to the point where, just say June, July, August, it's only three months, that leak that they put out is only three months before their actual event where they're going to debut the phone. Still a little early, but it's not nearly as early as four months. Um, It makes the FCC filing make sense because a lot of times we see like the Pixel Slate took about four weeks, I think, from FCC Mm -hmm. filing to shipping. So that puts us kind of in that four to six week window we technically normally see with FCC filings. And then it makes total sense for them to get the Pixel 4 out before the iPhone. Right. Um, am I missing anything here? Oh, and the Nest Home yeah. Hub, of course, would show up on September Nest 9th. Hub Max. 
Nest Hub Max. So you can't help it. I can't stop you myself. Can't. It's hard. Um, it's hard. It releases on September 9th because that's the day they were, all the rest of the stuff is going to show up that they're going to do at this event. So I don't know. Yeah, no, and, like and clear it's still, smoking guns. It's still here, Russian but. roulette of of tech because Google always seems to throw in a curveball. But outside of I/O, they announced stuff at I/O this year. They announced yeah, which is weird. Max. They don't really release stuff at I/O, and most things get announced or released at their hardware event, right? And then they're available within a few weeks or a month after. But they don't. When was the last time they just? put something on their hardware page and there was no announcement involved. Yeah. I don't so. know. I, 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 don't I know, know this. I know this podcast isn't totally about the phone, um, but I think it needs to be said like what the, what you said is important. Like it, it could be if they put this out a day after the iPhone, it's going to be a clone. Everybody's going to say that hundred percent, right? hundred um, percent. But even also, tech blogs that know better. Exactly. Yeah. We'll put it out there right. for clickbait. Because It'll the happen. general public will be thinking it. Yep. Exactly. And so there's that. But then there's also just the fact that there's a lot riding on the four in my mind. Because oh, well, yeah. the three Absolutely. came out and was a, almost a failure from the beginning. Yeah, it's bombed. Like the, it's terrible. we went to the keynote and it was weird, you know, and they were like Ha-ha, here, here it is. It is. Uh, let's just act as if all the last two months didn't yeah, happen. Right. Yeah. And it everyone's so just like, bizarro. oh, okay, like, this yeah. is weird. Uh-huh. So why did you all put the thing out last night saying you had something to right. share? Yeah, remember you that, just totally, that YouTube video that came out? They're like, totally, wait and see. It's exactly what you thought it was. Like, right. Yeah, and it was I, so I, weird. It was such a cluster. Because you had that. The slate launch just felt like, eh. Yeah, and then the, it was a weird. What was the home? Was the original home hub? No, Matt, was it there? No. I, I don't know. I don't know. It was all. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. It was yeah. all home the days. So weird. Home it hub was, was probably the best hub, home part hub. of that. Yeah, but you know, it was I mean, called home hub back then. That, yeah. that phone hasn't sold well. They came out with the three A and the three axle, as I call it. <laughs> um, Old three axle, and those have seemed to be doing well. But they're, they're received th- it, well it, in the it, tech sphere. We, we don't have any numbers on exactly. them yet, but my guess is when it, Google comes forward doing, with them, they're going to be, be selling. Good, yeah. And, and so, but that was just like that, that kind of middle iteration. Right. If you think about it, I know we're, we don't love Apple, but, but they've done a good job of putting out their, their primary phone and right. then that the next doing the S year or whatever. Right. They have a TikTok. Um, and so like that TikTok thing. And so the, the three a and three a XL was kind of that, second little version now sure. the four coming out this is this is a new design new camera all this stuff there's a, there's there's some pressure you know and sure. i think i think that if if they do it right and they get out i mean they've already gotten out ahead by putting the leak out which i think is just brilliant so now uh get the event out before apple and and let's see what this thing looks like yeah and we didn't we didn't even mention the whole thing with snapdragon processors and you know in february march is when Qualcomm comes out and says, hey, new processor world. And Samsung has wisely moved their product announcements around that schedule because they're like, hey, we want to be the first on the market. They've had an 855 device out since For, March, yep. you know, because yeah. they, they make sure that they're one of the first ones out the door with it. And so Google shows up in October and we'll ship in a few weeks. So honestly, people aren't getting this phone in their hands until November. Well, in three months, your processor is not the newest processor anymore. So I know September doesn't completely fix that, 
Uh, but it helps. helps and me. and there's a chance, there are rumors going around that the, the Pixel 4 is actually going to use this 855 Plus, which is a mid-year upgrade of the 855 that's in the Asus ROG phone that just launched their gaming phone. Oh, yeah, so the new rock. It's not yeah. a huge, it's not like a massive upgrade to the 855, but it has a, I don't even know what the, a handful of little things. No it, it clocks a little faster, I think, or something. But be able to, to for, for Google to come out and say, hey, we're one of the first with the 855 Plus, you know, going into the holiday season, um, getting out before Apple. I mean, just everything is on the upswing if they do this earlier. I, I, I don't see any negatives. I don't, what would be the negative? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't either. I like, cause think of I've never under, even understood why they have to do their event in October. Like, I don't know. <laughs> My guess is the first time around, it's just that's when they were they felt like they'd be ready enough with the right. first Pixel phone because it was and, all about and, Pixel. And yeah, the first I mean, time. you got to think about like production schedules and stuff. Like, yeah. I'm sure it was just you you backdated all the way back yeah. probably two years to get to that date, right? And, and, and just so happened that's when it's going to be ready. September the thing pushes is, it back far enough that you know Black Friday shoppers might be able to get a deal on their new phone right. too. Yeah, because then yeah. it's a couple months old and you can start seeing some sales. Plus, think about the fact that HTC is the company that built this phone. So this one is the first one, the the first Pixel. Like the very first Pixel technically was made by HTC as working as what Gabe was talking about earlier as an ODM. So Google right. designed it. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, it looked like they used some parts. HTC was like, hey, we got some of these screens laying around. You want to use these? And they were like, yeah, let's use those screens. Well, that that sounds good. We'll adjust our whatever and make it work with that screen. Hey, uh, we dug up some screens back here I'm in the back you, of the warehouse. I, Y'all want to use these? There was there was <laughs> right. a there was an HTC phone that had just come out that didn't sell well that has the exact same front panel as the That's original cool. Pixel. Yep. Exactly, like to the spec. So yeah, don't tell me they weren't using recycled <laughs> parts there. So, but if if you know, Google's been kind of going through different manufacturers and all this kind of stuff up until this year. Now they have that in-house team. So the Pixel 3 team. Move, move things around. Because I don't remember who wrote the article about it with the, the Pixel 3 bombing. Somebody wrote a, a pretty tough article that was, they were just talking about, you know, the fact that the, the truth is they knew some people behind the scenes and all those leaks and the way that the Pixel 3 launch went was not like, ha that sucks. Oh, man. It was like heartbreaking for these people that had worked however long designing and implementing and working to get it out. Like it was very, very difficult time in most of these people's Mm -hmm. lives. And so part of that reason too, they outlined in that article was at that point, really uh, Google had kind of split into two design teams. You had this new acquisitions, 1.2 or $2.1 billion. Mm -hmm. I can't remember which one uh, acquisition of HTC. And now you have the pixel design team kind of fighting for who's going to make it out of this. And the Pixel 3 and 3XL were built by the Google design guys. So we probably all know how that went. Um, And so from what, uh, and this is rumor, from what what I've read, HTC was already, as the Pixel 3 was like prepping to bomb, HTC team inside of Google was already working on the 4. Like, they were already kind of looking at the missteps and, and making decisions and designing and building already back mm-hmm. then. So because of that interesting transition between hardware teams, it would also make sense that Google could move a little earlier this year because they're not probably not stuck in the same rut that they've been in from, Hey, we got to get this phone launched and then start design on whenever, like if it's two years before a year and a half, whatever, like 
the acquisition of HTC and allowing them to go ahead and start running with the four early right. gets again, again, gets them out of the same cycle and rut that they've been in. So I don't know. There, there is little reason for Google to wait. There's little evidence that they will, and there's mounting evidence that this is going to happen earlier. And maybe September 9th is availability. Maybe the event's September one. I don't, we don't we don't know obviously, well, but my hunch mm-hmm. is we're gonna. I, t- I even told my wife last night. Like my hunch is so firm in this that I told her like you need to go ahead and <laughs> <Let's> assume. <start laughs> yeah, we're probably somewhere in the first week of September going to be going somewhere. I didn't whether tell it's my West wife, Coast but I guess you'll find out when she's she listening listens to this. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm, that's how firmly I feel about this this actually happening. And again, we we've been wrong before, but usually when this amount of evidence comes up and our, our hunches are the strong, it's usually worked out that we end up being right yeah so um i mean we'll, we we might know here in a couple of weeks yeah it's I'm gonna be here, in september uh, we'll be getting that invite we'll yeah like I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the calendar i'm like holy crap it's the end of july like this could mean that we're going to a hardware event in, in a little over a month yeah which would be oh, awesome man, that would be great and we could finally finally know what atlas is so okay let's oh my do this. god let's what is it going to be Maybe. let's do this let's, <laughs> if they don't launch atlas i I, yeah. I will flip tables yeah. i swear to god <laughs> we'll film it dude that'll be I like will freak that, that'll out. be a, that'll be our first ever viral video that we put on youtube great weirdo crazy, crazy small time youtuber goes nuts at google event never invited back Oh boy, that would be fun. All right. What is this device? Uh, so so let's do this. Let's do this. Jack. Let's, let, yeah. So let's do this. Let's talk about what we well, I mean, we don't know for sure, but what we know for sure is going to be at the event, what we hope is going to be at the event, and then a oddball. Something random that you think might just randomly show up. All right. So so what we Clips know too. Yeah. So what we oh god. <laughs> Please no. Gabe's over here in left field. <laughs> All right, so so what we know is going to happen: Pixel Four phone, right? In yeah, large yeah. and small version, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nest Home, Nest Hub Max. Got him. Yeah. All right. So those are the two that we know. Right. Right. Uh, and it, okay, yeah. So we can't. Say and again, we, I mean, yeah. we don't know for sure, but oh, we know those. We we know pretty much for sure those two are going to happen. Pixel so then, and yeah. Other than that, I don't know of any like yeah. Any tracking of any yeah. hardware that we're no. just, anybody's like, yeah, one hundred percent, this, is coming. this no, thing is coming. Uh, so those two, all right. So then, so then, what we hope's gonna show up is Atlas. I mean, heck, there's been tracking on some new Google Wi-Fi uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. the, Wi-Fi there is some. Uh, looks like they might be doing some new Wi-Fi. I'm not sure what they would do. It's still one of the best mesh routers out there. Mm-hmm. But I hate to see it being just an update. Yeah. But that that space is expanded too so they may be saying hey we need to do something a little newer or something right. who knows I, there's know. a lot of people that argue that you know routers the google routers should just have a system and a speaker built in like they don't have yeah. to have like hey let me listen to media kind of speaker on them but like it should it should be as integrated as like the the home hub or the home mini the google home mini okay so little speaker on it little mic right. i mean it makes sense if, if i'm gonna if have you, the device if you have anyway. smart things in your home they're all connected to your router your router should be able to control them that would actually be a really good idea and yeah, just okay. slap, it. slap cool. the og google home right on top of it yeah. so, so is that is that your left field thing you're, you're saying maybe the router will have yeah there you go right. there's okay. there's my so, quirk. So that's his right. thing so so mine is and we've talked about this mine is i hope they make a with all of this nest re like configuration all that how they i don't know exactly what happened but they've rebranded some things and all this i hope they come out with a new thermostat that has basically like the little hockey puck 
Google Home, Home mm-hmm. Mini, just basically put all that stuff in the thermostat. So then you can, for me, my thermostat's right in the middle of my house. So then you can say commands to it, and right. it's the assistant. So I'm kind of I'm kind of with you guys, but I'm and, saying and I'm that, saying it might happen. And in that a, makes in a sense thermostat. because Nest has kind of absorbed all sure. of those products. It would make sense that they all have yeah. those capabilities. Absolutely, yeah. and it. it that's that's what Google so, wants. So, so so the middle one, the thing we hope is going to happen is is the oh, Atlas, Atlas, yeah, and I then hope. maybe some like Wi Fi stuff. Here, here's here's a hope that I have, and I've thought about even writing an article around this because I there's nothing uh, specifically pointing at this, but I came across something the other day looking through commits. Um, when you look at those YAML files that that have all the board names on, yeah, them, there's like six Eve board names. So there's like yeah, Eve Arcnext, Eve this, and Eve that, and and it's it. Likely, it's just boards that they're testing uh, different they're stuff. They're doing things on, like... But there's two yeah. of them. I can't remember the names of them off the top of my head, but there's two of those board names that are Eve-specific um, that I can't find a whole lot about. Um, like, even what it would be testing. Like, they're just random kind of kind of names that go with them. There's just part of me that wishes they would take the Eve baseboard, maybe update the processor on it, and shrink the bezels a little bit like keep the all of the pixel book hardware even the the palm rest that get a little cruddy you and know, realistically like, with this minor update in the fcc that could be what they're doing i mean the eve board is technically seventh gen right is seventh gen yeah it's seventh gen it's the same it's the same architecture as kb lake eighth gen yeah i'm pretty sure yeah i mean they they realistically could upgrade the processor change that Wi-Fi chip, slim the bezels down, get rid of the silicone pads, and just puke it right back out. Yeah. And with so with cool minor that. changes, minor. Yeah. We wouldn't see a ton of stuff in the in the commits because the exterior hardware on the devices, that, that's nowhere in the Chromium repositories. That That's no, all on the, on that's the maker. All, that's all yeah. private. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I think it would be really cool. Uh, yeah. For them to say, hey, here's Atlas, and here's this other kind of concept of what a Google-made Chromebook is going to be. You know, Which, what, like, do you, what do you, for those that haven't been listening to the podcast, what do we think it's going to be? What do you hope uh, it's going to be? What do you, what do you think Atlas is going Atlas to be? Atlas seems like it's, I don't even know if it's going to be convertible, necessarily. I mean, the things we've shown have shown it's going to be convertible. should be, but um, who knows? I mean, at one like, point, I thought Google was making a Chrome base, so who who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been around a lot, and it's changed a lot, and it's mm-hmm. to the point where they run so many tests and do so many things internally on it. Like when we search in the repositories just for Atlas, it's in the middle of so many tests for so many things. It's almost impossible at this point to track new changes because, I mean, you'd have to pour through – a thousand commits thousands yeah. just to find one new thing maybe that's just for atlas um it's it's so difficult at this point so uh and i think it clearly has changed i mean it's it's iterated in different ways of hardware i mean we've seen three bugs where they've had an image or a video of it and it's looked different in all three right so i, I don't know it's it's such an enigma uh, and, and so, it, it very well, they could blindside us. Atlas could have just evolved into an internal device that I they're know. using, and we could see something completely different yep. and be like, oh, man, we, we've been tracking this and had no idea that it was Google. You're going to see me flip tables. My call is <laughs> just saying. Rick, Rick Osterloh is going to come out and give a little JK, here's our new tablet. 
Uh, man, that's uh, there's, what I'm there's, saying. This game's crazy thing. Just that's kidding. my crazy. We thing. were out of the tablet game, but we're back, we're baby. Back. <laughs> that would be so Google. <laughs> no, you know we decided not to. Yeah, we're gonna put out an official statement. Well, and they're like, yeah. Ah, you know what? We decided we don't want to leave. We like it. They we got, think tablets they are got great. Those patents. Uh-huh. That's true. Y'all got tablet mode patents. We'll talk, talk about, about that, that in a second. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. So I don't mean I'm so confused at Atlas, and I'm, I, that's why I want it. Whatever is, it ends up keeping, being, this is keeping Robbie up at night. Uh, it drives guarantee, me nuts. Guarantee it because it's so hard. Like we can't find anything yeah. new. Like I, no new clues really for Atlas. Uh, you know those bug things come through, and we see stuff, and like that last one, the side bezel looked a lot like a pixel book. So is it? Is it a? Pick, I, who knows it's listed in that yaml file as having a 4k screen but like a 16 by 9 screen which i just can't see google doing at this point no. but that file has some screwed up stuff too it has yeah, I mean, we've it, seen Nocturnes. devices that were 4k that ended up not being 4K. Yeah, like nocturne is listed as 2400 by yeah 1600 uh, and it's clearly a 3000 by 2000 on the pixel slate so it, it, that's not exactly accurate but i don't know there's just been so many things about it that are confounding and that's why more than anything that's why i hope whatever this google device is because like don't forget all of the proof we have that it is a google device like go to the website and just search atlas and just read through all like there's so much in this device that point to it being a google device the only way we don't see this as google's next chromebook is if it's internal right if it's a solely internal device but then i'm like i don't know what they're clearly going to launch some sort of Chromebook and they've Something. even made, yeah. they've, they've made references. The spokespersons have made reference to that, that one's coming later this year. So right. something's and coming. It's, it's, I just don't see yeah, anything else. It's so hard to wrap your head around because we, well, somebody commented on an article that maybe that Google's going to use it for their grab and go program internally. So the grab and go is just, they have carts of Chromebooks and you, you essentially just sign them out. You're traveling or whatever. You grab a Chromebook and it's assigned to you. And yeah, maybe, and maybe, maybe this device is so long in the tooth. Now they just said, Hey, let's just make this for an in-house device or whatever. But I can't see them not making a newer device either. Um, I know for a fact that Google is using HP 14 G ones already internally. So they're using the newest latest devices I can't see them taking a two-year-old, what is it, two years now they've been working on this thing? A year and a half? A year and a half, yeah. yeah. So it would be and saying, okay, this is going to be our like, Google Chromebook for our Google employees. They don't do that. Their, their guys get the best of the best. So right. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Really weird. Confounding. We'll, we'll know more here in Gosh, a couple soon. weeks. Can't wait. So when we get those invites, like they're not... Uh, oh man, the, they're not. Uh, like we can share that news, right? Everyone. Oh yeah, everyone does. Everyone that, will right? get as it. Yeah. As, so we'll obviously. So as soon as we, as soon as we get that invite to the event, we will certainly let you all know. Chromeunbox.com. Yeah. Stay tuned. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break for an ad, and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. Alrighty, folks, welcome back. 
So let's uh, let's switch gears here. We've talked a lot about Google hardware, but let's talk about some other hardware that's coming, specifically some Chromebooks with LTE. And Gabe, you had a you had a great article about this, and 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 we've talked about LTE for yeah. ever. I mean, some of the early Chromebooks had LTE built in. And yeah, it's a, it's always intrigued me. Uh, I know the the use case is really narrow because just about everywhere you go, you have Wi-Fi. But there are instances, and there are people who need data on their device. And somebody even commented on my article that well, if you have a smartphone, there's never any need for data on your device. That's fine, but I promise you there is someone out there who has said, if I could get a device with built-in LTE, I would buy it. My first Chromebook had LTE built into it, and when I was first getting into web design, it came in handy quite a bit. Uh, stopping places, needing to fix mm-hmm. something real quick, whatever. I think I want to say the back then I didn't have mobile tethering on my phone plan because that, that's relatively new tethering. Not all phone plans have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we, we've, uh, in recent year, the re- past year or so, Samsung has produced an LTE device in their V2 Chromebook plus, yeah. uh, CTL has come out with one that they partner with Sprint on. And, uh, we've seen hints and clues and evidence that there are more devices coming. Uh, some of the newer Intel chips have LTE built in, uh, you have all of that. So the support's already there and now manufacturers are starting to work on those devices. But the Chromium team has updated the page that you go to if you have one of those Samsungs or CTLs. When you connect to that mobile data, there's a page at the end of the setup that you land on that says, hey, success, you've connected. Well, now they're changing that to have a success page and a failure page. So there's two images in the article you can find on the website that show what that new uh, UI flow is going to look like for cellular setup. And that doesn't mean we're going to see a device tomorrow, but the fact that the Chromium team is proactively buttering up that UI means they're 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 paving the way for it that means that means some manufacturers have said we want to make lte devices so we need we need a good ui for our customers when they're using it they're not going to put resources and time right exactly for no reason unless somebody was just like man i really want to fix that lte page (laughs) no that's true open source you know (laughs) true but it's it's definitely coming uh and i think you know qualcomm i from the, the discussions we had with our source before he kind of went silent on us, um, the couple discussions we had with him were all around Qualcomm's desire to create connected devices. It's the same thing they're trying to do in the Windows space and not really taking hold necessarily just yet with Windows because the emulation process and all the overhead that comes with it. But with Chromebooks... Chromebooks run just fine on ARM chips, on really kind of crappy ARM chips. So Really well on yeah, ARM once, chips. <laughs> uh, once the Snapdragon 845 devices start showing up, Qualcomm made it very clear um, that they're all about all you know like connection all the time. You know, part of part of or probably a huge part of their uh, business success is because their chips integrate LTE so well. So that's why people build phones with them. And so the same idea goes for Chromebooks. Instead of I'm going to open my Chromebook and there's that one step I need to take before I can get online, whether it's just clicking the Wi-Fi. Like if you're at home, yeah, you open it, connect, and you go. No big deal. But anywhere else you are, as soon as you sit down, you know the first step is, well, do I have Wi-Fi? And if I don't have Wi-Fi, is this Wi-Fi good enough? And if this Wi-Fi isn't good enough, then I got to turn my, you know, yeah, I'll connect to my Pixel. And even if you know you're going to sit down and connect to your Pixel first or, you know, other Android phone, you're going to open it up. 
you're going to kind of look and it's going to think about whether or not it wants to connect to your phone or not. And then it'll connect to your phone. And like those handful of seconds, and these sound like you know first world problems completely, but a handful of seconds, if you're doing it constantly, if you're someone who's on the road, who's working in, in coffee shops and that kind of stuff, and you're back and forth all over the place, it, it's those little things that get annoying over time. And, you know, there's a, a, a feature that probably doesn't deserve a whole lot of time uh, talking about this week on this podcast that I wanted to mention. Uh, and it's the, with virtual desktops. It's it's a similar type thing here. There's, there's an addition now where we're going to get four-finger swipe to move mm-hmm. between virtual desktops. And I've been so excited and so anticipating this change Mainly because, not because it's hard to swipe three fingers up and then click your other desktop, but if you're doing that over and over right. and over and over. It, without it, virtual desk is incomplete. It's just yeah, one of it, those things that. It's one of those things I wouldn't use. If I honestly. have this, this should be a part of it, right. period. And yeah. so, like the ability to take four fingers on the trackpad and move it to the left and just move that other desktop into view makes that whole process make sense. And it makes it something so simple and quick that now, yeah, I want to use it. I think the same thing goes for LTE and Chromebooks. Do, can you use your Chromebook with your phone? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's that's great. Just I love step. that Google's made that. But if I can plop my Chromebook down, open it up, and just as quickly as I'm logging in or hitting that fingerprint scanner, I'm already online. Yeah. If I'm a person who moves and opens my Chromebook and closes it and goes somewhere else and I'm in a meeting and then I'm in here and I'm in a, to not ever have to hunt around for Wi-Fi for those quick kind of things or to have unlimited data, you know, on your device and to just be able to use it whenever you want, however you want, as soon as you open it up, that sounds minimal. I promise it's not like that. That is just one of those things when you remove that tiny few seconds each time you access your Chromebook. Right. High benefit, especially there. if they open this up, because the way it is right now, Samsung and and CTL both have uh, they're bound to the carrier. So CTL only works with Sprint. Samsung only works on the Verizon. Uh, if they open this up to where you can, because I know like with my old HP fourteen, it had the T Mobile free data for life, but it was a SIM card, yep. and you can go online look. Uh, there's some hacks for it and the old CR forty eight where you could slap it in developer mode. But anyways, there's a little tiny hack and you could actually use a third party SIM card, like, I don't know, mint mobile or something like that. But right. you think about somebody that owns a business and they have a fleet of trucks and they're all using Chromebooks and they need that mobile data because they're doing invoicing and they're doing uh, part ordering and things like that. When they're offsite doing work, mm-hmm. that employee may have his own cell phone that is on a X, Y, Z phone plan and where he's going, he gets no service, exactly. but you as a business owner knows, that BG Cellular here where we live has great coverage 20 miles out into the country. You buy a BG mobile SIM card, you slap it in all your devices, and your guys never have to worry about exactly. having mobile data. Yep. Period. So yep. there, we just found the use case. Yeah. You're welcome. Did, did you, had you formulated that idea? Nope. Okay. It just came out of <laughs> coffee. Just showed up. Hey. Coffee and... Hey. You heard it first. Yes. <laughs> you heard it first here yeah, on I mean, the Chromecast. There are a ton, like, yeah. Patented. I don't think Gosh, it's, that's perfect. I mean, that is a perfect example. It's not as simple as, well, for me, you know, having my phone connected to my Chromebooks enough. Well, maybe for you. But I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, like, 
Gabe's use case there is one of many right. that people who are, are working and using Chromebooks on a daily basis. Yeah, because I'm benefit. not that smart, and I came up with that <laughs> on the fly. So I prom- if they're doing this, manufacturers already have case studies, R and D, all this. They know who's going to be buying these things. Yep. yep. And, so, and so that that fleet of Qualcomm devices, I guarantee you, all of them will have an LTE variant. Yeah. It's not going to be like every once in a while right. thing. Like by this time next year, it's going to be weird to see Chromebooks without the NLTE option, I believe. Yeah. So let me just ask a, a dumb question because I'm, I'm the guy that does that. So um, if you have your phone and you pair it to your, uh, and you connect your Chromebook to your cellular via a, a mobile hotspot, is that connection uh, any less or, de- you know, uh, downgraded in any way? As opposed to just having LTE directly in the Chromebook, because Actually, I, I want to yes. say I yeah. want to say you and I have had that issue before when we were like, yes. "Oh, I'm just going to tether to my phone we, real quick," and now, then we're like, "Oh my we gosh, I'm only experimented with this." Did you the test other day, after changing it? I tested this and it did not seem to change it. Uh, Rob, Robbie and I were in the office the other day and we were talking about tethering and we were trying to figure out because you know we both have T-Mobile and they're great here in town and. Uh, Tethering speeds always seem to be throttled from the phone to the Chromebook. It wasn't bad. It was still greatly usable, but it was nowhere near what the phone itself was getting. A couple of days later, I just happened to see an article from, I, I don't remember. I'm not going to say because I don't remember who it was, but they talked about why tethering was always slower. And it's because most phones that have a mobile hotspot default to the 2.4 gigahertz band Mm. you can manually change that i switched my oneplus pro to the five and i did not notice a discernible difference so maybe it's getting throttled on the carrier's end or maybe it's just something where the radios that are in the phone that are sending that Mm -hmm. signal are are capped at that i I don't know now again it was still like 30 or 40 down it's more than enough but it's not the same speed you're going to get directly on your phone right so you could you could bypass all of that and just have the connection direct on the device as soon as you open it as soon as you open it up yeah because if i get one of those what what were the t-mobile uh device cards called they had a card specifically for tablets and stuff if i slap that in there and it's well, heck, Google uh, even has, uh, not Project Fi anymore, Google Fi has data-only right. cards that you can attach to your phone line. So uh, on my phone line, yeah. if I had Google Fi, I could say, yeah, I want, I want one of those data-only cards, too. And I think they do it in eSIM as well. So Ooh. if these Chromebooks come with eSIMs, you don't have to swap out the eSIM. You just get on the Which carrier is also and be like, something. Hey, yeah. here's my SIM number in my device. Start it up and yeah, because you're I'm, going. Esim support happened a, a long time ago yeah. on Chromebooks, and that would that would completely eliminate the, even the need for a SIM card. But yeah, I loved Fi. Maybe I'll maybe I'll end up back on Fi. Can uh, you do just the card, or do you have to have an account like a, a phone number? I think with I Fi, think I want to say it attached. You had to have the phone you have first. Because like with my HP, it. I just had I didn't have T-Mobile back then, and I just had a T-Mobile. I went and got a new T-Mobile SIM card, and they slapped it in, and it's free data. So I just thought of something, and I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw us off here, but I just thought of something. I just remember something. My other oddball that I want to throw in to the hat for. <laughs> so the, we're back. We're back to Google. Wow. For the, for the Google, and I'll, I'll explain how I got here. But the, uh, the my other oddball for the Google hardware event is a Pixel Watch. Give me a Pixel Watch. Ooh, I saw an article about it the other I day. Did too. Somebody said we need, we still need. I want it. The Pixel 
I'm an, I'm an, I'm Android, an avid, Android Wear needs it. I'm an avid Wear OS user. I love it. I just want, I'm still rocking a Huawei. I don't even know what the heck that watch is. GT something. I don't know. I don't know. I've had, it for, I've had it for a really long time. It's great. It's a great watch, but man, it's okay. so chunky. Just give me the Google. All right, so All right. Ro- Robbie's got the slate out test in the test. I pushed it. I went to hotspot. Uh, changed it I to went five. to five gigahertz. I got almost 18 down. And when I went straight off the LTE on my phone, I got 16 and a half. So, I mean, for variance. Comparable. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, it was actually cool. faster on my so slate it than works. my phone. Yeah. So, making sure that you force it to... Uh, but the, we were but we were getting we were getting speeds around thirty the other day though. So my question: we need to test it somewhere where we're getting better coverage, and, yeah, and see, see if, if there's, there's a, a cap, a point where it stops increasing with the phone. And that, so. that's gonna that could be varied based on your carrier too. Right, so your carrier could say, hey, when, when you're tethering, because that's the other thing here. Like, yeah, uh, my T-Mobile has ten gigs every month of tethering, and honestly, for the amount that I have to utilize it. That's fine. That's that's honestly fine. We wrote an article like when I was in Germany, I, I screwed myself up there a little bit. And you got to be careful. But in general, like that's not really a big deal, not really an issue. Uh, but if I'm using it all the time, exactly, yeah. you'll chew through that quick, right? You know. And so again, it just makes the 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 point of having LTE, especially if you had unlimited data, right? Just data and whatever that was going to cost, especially for enterprise customers. Just going to be a huge yeah. win for deployment. Yep. In yeah, because the, C- the CTL with Sprint, it's $15 a month for unlimited. I think it's unlimited that's, data. That's, that's nothing. Awesome. I, I mean, would, I know yeah. Sprint's not the greatest, but still, anywhere you get connected. It will be. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. once they merge with T-Mobile. T-Mobile. Yeah. <laughs> I, would love, uh, I would love to have my unlimited data, eSIM in a Chromebook, eSIM on my Pixel Watch. You just pay for that data yes. there, and you're just covered, right? And, and Yep. For me, like with the whole watch thing, or and same goes maybe if I were out and about with a Chromebook, and I don't know why I wouldn't have my phone, but you know, if you had uh, coverage on there w- with what we've talked about with voice and some of this oh, stuff, geez. like man, you could once you once could the LTE be, Chromebook show up, I, I will be trying yeah, that whole yep, that whole yep. experiment for sure. So, um, so no phone life, just <laughs> give me a ten inch, give me a ten inch yeah. Chrome tablet that's. Not the Acer Tab 10. That's right. Uh, well, it could be the Acer Tab 10, just a better processor. That's and right. LTE support and a fingerprint scanner. Yeah. And we uh, we might give that a go and just leave the phone at home every once Experiment's in a while. Experiment's coming. Experiment's yeah. coming soon. <laughs> so one other quick hardware thing I want to talk through. Um, Logitech has come out and said they are making a Chrome OS-specific keyboard. And uh, we've seen bridge do this um and we we love we love the bridge keyboards but this is awesome to see i think one of the largest accessory makers no oh, yeah i think it's fair Logitech, to say the largest probably the largest if we're talking yeah. mice keyboards yeah across the board across like, the board. Yeah, if you like ask everything. 100 people on the street if they've heard of logitech 94 yeah. of them are probably gonna <laughs> right say, yeah. or if you said hey yeah, i mean i was somebody ju- who makes a keyboard just in walmart the other day and they had a giant stack of keyboard mouse combos with the unified receiver for like 17 bucks there you <laughs> go and they just work that's why we like them so much they're very much the chrome os of peripherals they just work you plug yep. them in yep. you pair them with the dongle and they work most yeah. of the time. Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> most of the time. That, that LG software on Chromebooks right now is having some issues. Uh, we dug it up. Apparently, they're yeah. aware and they're working on it. But Hopefully, the unifying soon. receiver software that that allows you to pair it up right now it's just 
busted. Yeah. So but if you have one regardless. and it's paired, you're good. But if you go out and buy a new one today and you attempt to pair it with your Chromebook using <laughs> the Unify, now you can you still Windows do it. Device. You can take it to a, a Windows or a Mac device yeah. and pair it, then plug it into your Chromebook. You'll be fine. The It's just the Chrome app that's not working right now for some reason. But uh, again, they're aware. And with this new keyboard on the horizon, hopefully they'll get it fixed real quick because we dug we dug into the um, actually the Bluetooth certification mm-hmm. and there was a, a clear listing for a separate dongle by Nordic Semiconductors that is just a regular Bluetooth dongle. So this will be a Chrome OS keyboard with a unified receiver if yeah. all of this is which correct is, which is interesting and i hope it's one of those dual ones where you can do bluetooth or the unified yeah. receiver because yeah. as as bluetooth continues to get cleaned up on chrome os like just having bluetooth options are pretty cool yeah. uh, with no dongle needed or anything but well, the yeah. benefit of logitech's unifying receiver is that you can pair multiple things to it and it removes latency big time yeah. in Bluetooth. So we'll start talking about Stadia and stuff like that. When you hook a, blue, a Logitech Bluetooth dongle in, it's because it's so specifically paired to that device, uh, once you get it paired up, uh, like almost all the latency is gone. And the OS can treat it basically as if you plugged in a, a wired USB connection. Yeah, I mean, we've used Logitechs that are trackpads, mice, keyboards with our desks with Chrome OS for ever yeah they just and didn't you just never the... think about it they just work i can grab mine with the dongle and throw it in the bag if i want to use it with my laptop it, it's yeah i mean the perfect. only downside honestly up to this point is just you don't get like you have to figure out or remind yourself which you know the function keys which one does what right and you start learning after a while but to get rid of that and to have a keyboard that's laid out for yep. chrome os that speaks the language of chrome os just like what bridge has done with theirs making sure that you know they're passing all the all the stuff to the OS, letting the OS do what it needs to do. Right, uh, and the bridge keyboards, keyboards are are awesome. They are, but not every. I mean, as much as we love them, not everyone's going out and saying, "Oh, I want to spend $100 a hundred dollars on a keyboard." Yeah, right, premium keyboard. Logitech getting in this space is a huge deal. As Robbie said, they're they're the biggest name out there, and if I can go to Walmart and get a keyboard and a receiver for twenty bucks for my Chromebox that I just bought, or my Chromebook, right. or my yep. kid's Chromebook, or whatever. That's a big deal. Yeah, because like mice, deal. mice are a little bit more ambivalent. You know, like you, you buy my a mouse and it yeah left left click right click it's scroll wheel. Yeah. You know, it, so any Logitech my mouse is going to do the job pretty much. Um, it would be nice uh, for them to add something in their pairing software, or well, I don't know, I don't know how they would do that. Maybe they could add it if they change it. But to, you know, some of their nicer mice. The, like the MX Pros and stuff that have MX extra scroll mm-hmm. wheels and extra buttons. If you could pair those up, you know, if, yeah, mapping, you can, mapping yeah, you can it. map it in, on Windows. Uh, obviously, it has mapping for some of that stuff, and you can tell it like, "Hey, I want that button to do this thing." Right. And so to Ooh, be able to four take fi- four finger swipe, right? Make, so, make my, one of, one of yeah. my little triggers. This button, this button <laughs> is a swipe left. This button's a big four finger swipe right. You know, assistant. Yeah, I mean, some, of that be, <laughs> some of that stuff would be fun. So I don't want to act like you know uh, every mouse is the same, and there wouldn't be any benefit in having a some sort of nod to Chrome OS in the mouse space, right? Um, but I, I, it seems like keyboard is all that's going to be happening right now. Because we, we came across a commit uh, a couple weeks ago, and it, yeah. I'm not sure if it has anything to do with this or not, but. And it was um, the commit. There was some stuff in it that that pointed us to Logitech. You know that um, some of the driver stuff. Yeah, the drivers it. were some of the same that are used in some Logitech things. But this was but more. Weird this was said, a unified. Yeah, it was. A, it said you got to allow this quirk that allows it this one device to pass both keyboard and mouse 
function. But it was passing it via Bluetooth, so it right. clearly was not. And le- the only, the only thing other than a third-party keyboard could be if maybe somebody's making a detachable that has a Bluetooth connection right. instead of it's pogo a- pins. But that that seems like a stretch. It sounds more like a new keyboard mouse combo keyboard touchpad combo and that's kind of what led me to logitech logitech has a huge line of those relatively inexpensive keyboards that have that touchpad attached to the side of it and i thought hey that would be cool and then two weeks later this stuff comes out with the with the new keyboard the only thing that that concerns me with that like the entire line of thinking there is that i was kind of convinced that somebody else is making something similar to like the g type that's with the pixel slate like that's something, you know, I don't, maybe, who knows what it could end up being. But once this Logitech thing came out, we haven't been able to track down and connect that commit to this particular device. But because of the way Logitech passes commands and they always pass, you know, maybe their keyboards won't work unless you can pass all the stuff. And so, like, Logitech's firmware set basically is keyboard and mouse commands all through one thing. And so, uh, maybe they had to allow that quirk in order to get the Logitech keyboard to work through the unifying receiver or something. I, I don't know. Um, so I don't want to make it out to be like, oh, yeah, Logitech's doing this, and there's another third party going to come up, or Logitech also is making this. Not really sure yet what to make of that commit, but there's there's some cool stuff happening, at least in the accessory space, and the more the merrier when it comes to manufacturers making stuff for Chromebook users. Right. Like That's the coolest part of it. Like I don't even care what it is exactly. Like Just that there's big names like if logitech well when logitech gets into the space like and they start selling that means like belkin and all these other manufacturers start going oh well maybe we should make some stuff for chromebooks yeah because but in belkin's defense they did make one for the tab 10 but not in belkin's defense it was terrible it's kind of a piece of garbage it is usb-c and guess what the tab 10 has one usb-c port the problem with that is is they targeted uh, classroom and specifically more specifically testing environments so you're going to put kids on all day testing on a tablet that's going to be plugged into a keyboard and then the battery dies in the middle of their test because it's not plugged into anything because yeah, it can't charge at the same so, time unless was, you want to buy some dongles and this and yeah. that it, w- it was a bad attempt a bad first attempt and hopefully they they redeem themselves yeah, yeah but you know i mean they, they at least tried. They and, did. Uh, they and, did. Yeah. And kudos, Swing and a miss. Kudos, kudos for that. <laughs> and, you know, it just, it shows a, a bit of the the maturation of Chrome OS as right, an right. operating system and these other, you know, kind of accessory manufacturers. What, what would yeah. you call these guys? Yeah, accessory, yeah, accessory manufacturers. Accessory makers, yeah. Kind of stepping into the game and saying, "Hey, because uh, none of them, honestly, none of them want to enter the space until they see that there's they enough traffic. People yeah. are going to buy the products. And so yep. the fact that they're entering tells me that they're starting to see some metrics that maybe Google isn't sharing out publicly yet, but at least internally they're saying, yeah, guys, this thing's growing and it's going somewhere and you should get in the game now and not wait until, you know, someone else makes something better and now you can't enter the space. Yeah. Yeah. So So much good hardware. We've got, we've got, we've got so many Chromebooks coming 2019 still to come we know i mean the end of 2019 is just going to be bonkers yes and it we've is. got some accessories we've just got all sorts of great new features so much good stuff so folks please stay tuned to chromeunbox.com and thanks so much for listening to this episode until next time we'll see you guys
Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.